0: Welcome, my friend, to the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. It's true, not everyone is an Enneagram One perfectionist, but it is my firm belief that our world today suffers from a lot of the destructive and deceptive lies that perfectionism has to offer. That is why this podcast will encourage, empower, and uplift you. I have something exciting to share with you. On December 30th, 2019, God inspired me to create the Truth and Tools Workbook to serve as a catalyst between religion and relationship. Each section has two actionable steps for you to add to your life. Most likely, you just need a small shift in perception to activate the practices you already hold. There is a large gap between religion and relationship in the Christian faith. But it's been around for so long and is so normal that people don't realize it's there. But if you have ever felt like something was missing in your relationship with God, you will find this workbook to be a precious tool into drawing you in a deeper relationship with the one true God. If this interests you at all, you can pick up this workbook in ebook or paperback on Amazon. If you choose the paperback version, you will also be getting some bonus content. I'm including the intro, chapters 1, 2, and 12 of my newest book coming out in a couple months, The Relevant Old Testament. So if that interests you at all, go check it out. friends, I need to apologize. There was a sound issue on my end. It's almost as if I forgot to plug my microphone in or something. Anyway, I could not figure out the problem and I could not figure out how to solve it in time to air this episode. So I would say turn it up. It's going to be loud on one end and soft on the other. The good news is you can still hear me. Um, I'm just not balanced with the guest. If I ever um, find a way to fix this episode, I will let you know. For now, just do your best to enjoy because I know you will be blessed by this guest. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Dr. Andrea Ganal. Andrea is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in anxiety. She teaches a four-week course on reducing anxiety at churches, women's groups, and college campuses. Andrea is also a writer. Her first book, Victory Over Anxiety, Taking Our Anxious Thoughts Captive, will be available in June. She has written for Focus on the Family Magazines, Brio, and Clubhouse Junior. I am honored to have her here today because I've been blessed by her online ministry called Anxiety Breakers. So thank you so much Andrea for taking time to be here today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. This is so fun. I love doing this.
0: I'm thrilled. Like I've been watching your posts for a long time. And Great. I like them. I'm always like yes. <laughs> I get excited because I, you know, I've definitely dealt with tons of anxiety in my life and
1: as have I. Yes.
0: So I, I, I like read your stuff and I'm like, oh, yes, that's so spot on. I love it.
1: <laughs> Great. That that makes my day because that's the whole point is to encourage people and to help people have the mind of Christ.
0: Well, you do a very good job. Thank you. So what inspired you to be a clinical psychologist and help people with their anxiety and depression?
1: Um, I would say I originally started off because I wanted to. I didn't know this at the time, but really wanted to work through my own issues. I think it was really more of my brokenness that brought me into psychology. And I was so fascinated by the whole, the whole, um, field. And so I think that's now I can look back and say, I think that's really where it came from. And then as I studied and, um, I I love the, I love the field. I think it's an amazing field. And, um, and I also did work through a lot of my own stuff. Um, I was blessed to go to Biola University, their, their doctorate program there. It's called Rosemead. And it's, you're required to do therapy. You're required to do your own individual and group. And that light, was life-changing for me. And I continued on even after the required amount. Um, and now I just have such a heart for especially believers who are suffering From anxiety and depression. It's so common. And I think, especially as Christians, what comes along with any mental health issues oftentimes is shame and guilt. Because, you know, a lot of times we've heard, oh, if you prayed enough, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't experience those things. And so I have a special heart for uh, teaching and uh, encouraging women and men um, that struggle with some anxiety and depression that. Uh, one, I would like to give them just practical tools that will help them, but to just encourage them that, that God, you know, he, Jesus said more times than any other command, do not be anxious, do not fear. And why did he do that? He did that because he knew that we would struggle. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, there's so many characters in the Bible that struggle with fear and anxiety. And, um, and you know, when God says that he really is, does says it with compassion. It's not this condemnation. So I just, I really want to take away the stigma of it. And, um, and yet at the same time, we do want to um, develop skills so that we don't suffer so much because God doesn't desire that for us at all.
0: Exactly. Um, And I am one of those people that um, experienced what you're experiencing, where it was like, no, I can't go to therapy because that means that I'm not trusting God enough like there was so much shame around right oh well you can't share that because then people you're not going to be a good witness uh Mm -hmm. because um you shouldn't have this because if you're trusting God then you should never feel this way right and um, exactly in my own personal story I will share this too because I don't think I have really shared it but two years ago I started going to therapy because I, I came, I came to the very end of myself and I was being very productive. I, it wasn't like I was, um, I I guess that's the best word. I was being very productive. It wasn't like I wasn't doing good work. Right. Um, I was putting together a retreat at the time uh, for Christian women to encourage them
1: Mm -hmm. the same
0: things (laughs) that i was trying to encourage myself in and i knew the truth but it's like it like the body doesn't always listen or something you know like you know the truth but the body doesn't always get the message so anyway i got so depressed It's ridiculous yeah i couldn't i mean i'd been depressed before but i felt like this is the worst I've ever experienced it in my life and I don't see any hope. I don't know what to do. I'm so lost because I've done everything that you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. to not be depressed. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing them all and they're not working. So I finally broke down and I called like a hotline um, and just was like, I need help. Like I I don't want help, but I need it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I started going and the first year was like, I really didn't feel like I was getting better, but I was like still functioning, but I didn't yeah. really feel like I was getting better. And then the second year I felt like a completely different person. Um, like right now, but guess what? I still go every week. Good for I you. Go. I just still go because I'm like, you know what? I get it now. Like we all need someone to talk to.
1: We need people to come alongside us. And, and sometimes we need that person to be someone who's uh, and help can help us move further along in our journey that, you know, sometimes we need professional help. And I think um, I love, first of all, I love that you shared it. Thank you for that, because I think that will help a lot of people. Um, but also the fact that you hung in there for a year, not feeling it was changing you. And I just love that you did that because it does take time to make real change. It does take time and it takes a lot of hard work. And I think a lot of people do give up. And what's interesting is there are so many people who are suffering. I mean, before COVID, it was 40 million people in America suffered from an anxiety disorder, not just struggling with anxiety, but literally you know, enough to be considered um, a disorder. And only a third of those people re- sought help. So as so many people just kind of live with it and we don't have to live with it. And I think, um, I think it's great that you took that courageous step to do that and then stuck with it because we want to be healthier people.
0: Yeah. And it was like, I mean, it was years that I resisted it. I mean, years. I had friends like, well, you should probably go see someone. I'm like, no, no. You know, like, I just felt like, if I did that, I would, I would have failed, you know, like it, and I'm saying that too, because I I bet you there's plenty of people that feel like that. Yeah. If I do that, then that means something. And, um, so anyway, I still go, I just went, "Uh, (laughs) Tuesday.
1: that's fantastic. I've gone over the years and, and now I, I, I have my therapist there when I need kind of a recharge. So, um, you know, my dad was really sick and passed away. And then, you know, during that time I needed, I needed more. And so I would go. So I, I just think it's a, a great thing. And I, I have always said, if you can raise your kids in a way that they feel that's a safe thing to do and a good thing to do, that's a, that's a gift um, that you can give your kids. And both of my kids have taken advantage of that. And I just, am so grateful that they see that as a positive thing rather than something to be embarrassed about or, you know, feel guilty about. And um, so I appreciate yeah. that you do that.
0: So I'm sure that everyone listening, including myself, would love to hear about how you help your clients. You know, so can you share just a little bit about the actual work?
1: Yeah. So mainly what I do is I write and teach. So I do not have a private practice. Um, I used to and I just found um that this is really more my gift. And really teaching is my favorite thing to do. And so what I do is I teach very practical steps. So there's so many to choose from. And I'll just, how about if I give you a couple ideas and then you you can tell me what you think would be most beneficial. Yes. So I teach relaxation techniques, which is really the beginning of reducing anxiety. Because if you think about anxiety, when you're feeling anxious, your body responds, right? You get your heart rate up, your breathing becomes slow, or excuse me, rapid and shallow. Um, Your body gets tense. I mean, there's stomach issues, all this stuff physically happens. Mm -hmm. And I can explain why that is. But, um, and so when we do relaxation techniques such as deep breathing and muscle relaxation, we are telling our bodies, our mind, that we're not, we're okay. Because our body wants to react with these physical symptoms um, and we taking control of some of those will kind of teach our mind that we're okay. And so it'll slow down some of this physical response of anxiety. So Mm -hmm. we have the relaxation techniques and then I also teach cognitive techniques where we learn to captivate our thoughts because God tells us, right, Mm -hmm. to captivate our thoughts to have the mind of Christ. And so... um, I have the cognitive stuff where we learn. I teach how to captivate a thought and then what to do with that and how to then evaluate it to determine if it's healthy and then to renovate our mind. So I kind of think of it as captivate, evaluate, renovate. We then, once we evaluate it and determine it's not healthy, we need to renovate it. We need to renew our minds with healthy thinking because we're thinking about whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is praiseworthy. And so um, those are kind of the two main parts. So we can, we we don't have time to do many, but, right. but I know. we can, I can teach you a relaxation technique or we can go over the captivate, um, evaluate, renovate.
0: I think, um, maybe the relaxation only okay. because not because the other one's not good, but because I actually talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, good. You've probably heard it a lot. Uh, that's, I mean, I've written about that a lot as well.
1: Fantastic.
0: Um, Love to hear that. Tools, and that's the whole idea is like, what is true? Okay. Right. Is that right. true? Mm, I don't really have any proof that that's true. Excellent. So what does God say is true? Right. And then you, like you use the word renovate. And I, I, I just say like, fill it, like fill that. Mm-hmm. that thought with the truth instead of this deceptive lie meant to tear you down meant to destroy you really from right enemy, you know um so maybe i i don't really i haven't really gone over relaxation techniques
1: yeah let's do that so let's okay do so that. i'm gonna do um deep breathing okay and i call that what we want is what's ideal is belly breathing so i don't know if you've heard of that diaphragmatic mm-hmm. breathing Um, that's the most beneficial. And there's reasons for that. Some people, especially women and teenage girls in particular, don't like to do the belly breathing because you have to stick your stomach out. So it actually, there's issues, body image issues for some, and all of that goes along with that. So I always want to say, when I talk about and teach belly breathing, you don't have to do the belly part. Deep breathing is still very beneficial, but I'm going to teach belly breathing. And if you don't want to do the belly part, you don't have to. Okay.
0: Well, I agree with you. And I actually have taught it for years because I teach singing. Because and what? I teach singing. And, oh, and so you know all about diaphragm. I teach them how to breathe. And I, I say the same thing. I'm like, I know you got to stick your tummy out. I know it's horrible, but <laughs> it's okay. It's really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So
1: what you want to do is you want to take a deep breath in through your nose. You want to take it in and while you're taking it in, you want to push your stomach out. And what that does is I, I'm, if you go on my posts, you can skim, scan through them and you'll find a diagram that actually shows a picture. When you stick your belly out, your lungs expand, your lungs expand, they grow. And so there's, a, it allows for more, for more oxygen to get into your body. And so that's one of the benefits of deep of belly breathing, because if you stick your stomach out, it makes more room in your lungs. It also
0: can feel it. You can feel the difference.
1: So you take a deep breath in through your nose and you stick your belly out. And you have to practice this quite a bit before it becomes more natural, but just practice it at home and then you can apply it anywhere. You hold your breath for a couple seconds and just know that some people aren't comfortable doing the holding of the breath, especially if you're in a kind of a panic mode and that's okay. You don't have to, but if you're comfortable doing that, you hold your breath for about three seconds and then you blow out through your mouth. As you're pushing your stomach in. So one way I recommend for people who are learning to do this is you put one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly. And when you take your deep breath in, you don't want your hand on your chest to move, but you want your hand on your belly to move. Mm -hmm. So that's going to help you know if you're doing it correctly or not. And then when you breathe out through your mouth, you can actually use your hand on your belly to push it, push your stomach in if you want to just again, to learn the physical part of this. Mm -hmm. So, it's hard to teach it and do it at the same time. So I'm going to just work with you right now. You're going to do it while I, while I talk about it. Okay. So I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose, pushing your belly out, hold it and then out through your mouth, pushing your belly in and your hand on your chest shouldn't be moving while well, the hand on your, your belly should Did I say that right? Hand on your chest shouldn't move, hand on your belly should move. Okay. Now, to add to this technique, you want, you can do mindfulness practice, mindfulness practice, just being in the present moment. And, and that research shows that is incredible for our mental health, for our physical health, for our spiritual health. And it, there, some people are afraid of when I say mindfulness or meditation, because they think of kind of the Eastern meditation, mm-hmm. Buddhism types of. And this is nothing like that. This is just being present And you can even think about it as when you breathe in, you're inhaling God's word and breathing out, you're bringing out your anxiety or you're breathing out um, whatever it is that you want to get rid of. So um, being mindful, being present, it kind of just forces you to really be in the moment. So what you add is when you breathe in through your nose, you experience that oxygen, that breath coming in through your nose. So you feel it in your nostrils. You be aware of it coming in. And then you feel your lungs expand. You notice that. And then you notice the breath coming out through your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then you also kind of be mindful of how that feels. It starts to calm you. So recognize that, okay, my body does feel more relaxed. The rapid breathing that I was shallow breathing that I was doing before when I was feeling anxious is starting to calm down. My heart rate is going lower. And so just being present in, in what's happening in your body. It's just a whole nother level of, deep breathing so think about that when we do this so let's do a couple of them let's do three ready breathe in through your nose out through your mouth and notice the air coming out of your mouth and notice how it just feels more relaxing as you breathe out that carbon dioxide. breathe in feel that air coming through your nose feel your lungs expand hold it And breathe out. Slowly, slowly breathe in. Hold it. And slowly breathe out. Well, let's do one more time. Breathe in. Breathe out. And just notice if you feel more relaxed.
0: Oh, yeah. Like I, I want to just keep doing it. Yeah. I really love it. It's something
1: that you can do anywhere, right? You can do that in the line at the grocery store. I do it in the car when I'm frustrated with the traffic. I do it in a
0: great place for me. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And just, you know, if I'm frustrated with someone, I just take a couple of deep breaths into it and you don't have to do it noticeably, right? Mm -hmm. As you, as you practice it and get better at it you can very nonchalantly take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth without it being an obvious thing. Mm -hmm. So I use deep breathing every day. And I'm not, every time I feel any kind of tension, anytime I feel anxiety, or I sense that my mind, I'm, you know, need to get my thoughts captive. I start out first of all, with that deep breathing. So that's what I teach, that's what I teach. I teach the relaxation and the cognitive And, and then I have a whole bunch of just practical worry time and brain teasers because we want to get our cognitive mind working when we're feeling anxious. And, um,
0: so yeah, those are very helpful. And I know that personally, I feel like I'm finally in the place with my anxiety Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, I still have anxiety, but now because I've been practicing these things that you're teaching, I, I'm more aware quicker. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, ooh, that's, that's not a good thought. And instead of, you know, rolling it around in my brain for a long time without even noticing, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, that, that one needs to get out. Let's replace it with this. Same thing with the breathing. Um, and I'll, I, I usually, I'm a very vocal person, if you can't tell. <laughs> I'm a very vocal person, so I say everything. So, like, I'm at home, and I'll be, like, telling my husband, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so anxious right now. And then the next thing I do is I'm breathing, because I can tell right. I'm breathing shallow. My heart might be faster. I'm, like, oh, that's ridiculous, you know? Like, there's no need. So then I will just start doing the breathing. Excellent. Because before, it was, like, I knew about it, but I didn't implement it very frequently Mm -hmm. and i think it's because it takes practice
1: it takes practice and that and and i say this about all the techniques i teach you have to practice it when you're not anxious
0: yeah because
1: you want it to become a habit like a habitual thing as soon as you notice your breathing changes you start doing it and so because when we're anxious we write you know i could talk all about the brain i get i love this stuff your amygdala gets triggered this little part in your brain and you fit, go into the fight, flight, or freeze response, which is when all this physical stuff starts to happen. Yes. The more you're into that response, the harder it is to have their thinking brain work. Mm-hmm. And we have to have our thinking brain work, right? We cannot always focus on our feelings and trust our feelings. Yes. When we feel anxious, usually, unless we're in danger or we need to solve a problem, anxiety is due to our thought process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's. We're not thinking accurately we're not thinking in truth because we're we're all doing all this what if what if what if and we don't need to do what ifs it doesn't matter if uh because we don't know what's going to happen so the what ifs is always thinking ahead which is not where we need to be
0: so you mentioned a little earlier about um like what causes the the rapid heart rate the stomach Mm -hmm. and all that was that is that the amygdala yes okay so what anytime
1: we're feeling anxious the amygdala is involved Mm -hmm. and it's just it's actually the size of an almond it's just this teeny tiny thing in our brain and whenever there's any kind of threat Mm -hmm. the amygdala immediately gets triggered and the thing is what's fascinating it's it's really what can keep us alive not so much our generation Mm -hmm. right because we don't have a lot of things around us we don't have bears you know, as we're hunting for food, we don't have all this, this danger. Um, but it's amazing how it works because you could be driving and you're totally unaware that this car is coming into your lane, but your peripheral vision might pick it up. You're not conscious of it, but then all of a sudden you're swerving and don't even know what's going on. Yeah. That's because the amygdala is so aware of all of your surroundings because its main job is to keep us safe. And so it picks up on things and then your amygdala responds. So you swerve and then you start having this physical reaction and then it notifies your cognitive brain, your thinking brain, you're in danger, and then you can then start processing it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it's fascinating how it works. Um, but if we have no threat, that's because we are, something's triggered this and usually it's from a life experience that we're in danger. Mm -hmm. Um, this is an extreme example, but let's say there's a woman who um, was raped, and the man that raped her had po- Polo cologne on. And so, whenever she would smell Polo cologne, she would go into this full-on mm-hmm. stress response, because even though sp- Polo cologne's not dangerous, mm-hmm. this man that's wearing it right here is not dangerous, but she's connecting something dangerous with that smell. Right. And so. That's kind of what happens is that we start, and that's an extreme example, but just to make a point that, um, we, we tend to connect things that really aren't dangerous to danger.
0: And you know what? I, because you shared that example, um, I, I feel like I should say this, especially because of the age that we live in. But for me, I'll be having this lovely day feeling great. And all of a sudden I'm scared and i know i'm scared like i'm like what? Mm-hmm. What, what happened what did i just do that like and it wasn't a conscious thing like you said it's mm-hmm. like the subconscious or whatever i was like what just happened and you know what it is it's something as simple as reading someone's post or their comment and i'm i'm scared mhm and so <laughs> So now that I've identified that, which is very helpful to be able to do that and again, I don't think I would be there right now if I didn't keep practicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very much an advocate for practicing things because yes. we give yeah. up too quick yeah. and, right. and we need to keep going so so that we can train our minds anyway. Um, so now if that happens, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Okay you just read some words you're fine and even if worst case scenario even if this person hates you (laughs) like you're fine you're totally fine look around you you're right look around you 100% fine you are surrounded by your children who adore you (laughs) you have shelter you know like the temperature is nice like I just go on and on and on to calm myself down and be like you're actually fine
1: yes we need to look around and use our five senses because that's what we need to use in order to determine if we are in true danger yes so so often we are we're not doing that we're just allowing ourselves and the thing what great is if you read something or something happens where you get this just like you were describing this fear all of a sudden like what's going on when you can connect it because usually it's from your past you can connect those words or that event with oh wow I remember something like this happened and that must be what's getting triggered then you can work on that issue that's back here kind of pull it up and look mm-hmm. at it and process it so that you don't have to have that connection anymore does that make sense
0: yes yeah that's actually makes a lot of sense I, I should do that
1: part. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you what I
0: should do that like trying to figure <laughs> out why the words scare me so much um my best guess would be just you know a bad confrontation moment with and you know a lot of times
1: we don't we'll never know right because it happened when we weren't really even paying attention it it, we have this whole memory thing and so it's kind of fascinating and it doesn't mean you have to know what it is Mm -hmm. because some people will never know because it's happened you know pre-explicit memory or they just were disassociating a little bit and didn't take all the information in Mm -hmm. at the time so
0: it is fascinating. I love it is. stuff about that. That is
1: just, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. No question about it.
0: And I'm excited to um, take a look at your book when it comes out. I've Thank read many books you. on anxiety and um, I love them because they they are very helpful. Just knowing stuff, like even the stuff that we've talked about today, um, knowing, identifying things is a big part of all of it if we can't Mm -hmm. identify you know what's happening we can't address it correct that's exactly right you got a lot of insight missy (laughs) (laughs) well just like you you know I studied it for myself right um but the stuff I learned is so good that I I love to share it as well because I want to help other people because I can recognize in them the same things i recognize in myself and i'm like oh it doesn't have to be like that you know and that
1: god tells us in his word right that sometimes we go through difficult things so that we can have compassion for others that the passion compassion we receive from him we can give to others and i i think that's
0: exactly what you're doing and he's he's told me that exactly before when i was like on my knees devastated like why god why why is happening I, I I'm trying so hard to not be depressed and I'm depressed and, da, 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 da. and so finally when I calmed down enough I heard I'm using it that <laughs> was like oh all right like it made me feel better <laughs> I was like well I guess that's that's better than okay I feel a little bit better at least you're using yeah. it for something good <laughs> so but you're right you're right um, and that's a good reminder. I, I, I try to think of every day in some way, shape, or form. Um, because I still do have a lot of bad habits, thought habits. I don't, I mean, no matter, and, and then I kind of get frustrated with myself. because I'm like, how yeah. do I still have them? I've been trying to break them for years now. Yeah. But There's... keep in mind
1: that how long they've taken to develop.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And
1: if you think about the brain, the more we think of something, the, the, the deeper that wiring gets, mm-hmm. the more accessible it is, the, the harder it is to break.
0: Yes. And
1: so we not only want to, you know, think in a healthier way and, a, you know, get get away from the anxious thoughts, but we also want to create new pathways, neuropathways mm-hmm. that are of good and of yes. positive, true thinking. Right. And so there's kind of two parts to it. Yes. I think there's definitely two to parts work.
0: You, you can't just pull out the weed
1: right <laughs> because it wouldn't be grow back. It's that easy
0: yeah yeah um or i mean another one will grow in its place but, but right. have to <laughs> fill it with the good exactly um, and, and i know that so what i was going to say was encouraging is the promise that like god uses god can use everything for good yes, um and i you know i think of the the scripture in joseph's story you know where he tells his brothers what you meant for harm god caused mm-hmm. good or meant for good or whatever mm-hmm. um i should know the exact quote but i'm i don't because i feel like there's another quote somewhere and, else
1: yes and notion on yourself
0: that's very similar to that but it's so encouraging to me because yeah. if i'm going through something that I'm confused about or like, what? I'm like, wait, God is using this, even yeah. this. It's and think of Joseph.
1: Awesome. He went through so much
0: mm-hmm. and still
1: was able to say, God used it for good.
0: I know. And he's, he's one of my favorite characters.
1: Actually. Yeah.
0: So how can we support you and stay connected to your journey?
1: Um, you know, I, I, and I want to say back to you, how can I support you and your listeners? Because I just, I love what I do. And um, the, the best thing is, I guess, is to follow me on Anxiety Breakers. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I think my Facebook is actually Dr. Andrea Ganahl, because I, I think Anxiety Breakers was taken or something, I'm not sure. Um, I have a website that has the deep breathing diagram in it, and that's andreaganahl.com. And I have my book coming out, and it'll come out June... Not sure when in june probably towards the end of june um it'll be on amazon but that is just very practical tools um and it's basically what i teach in my classes it's just it has everything all together so it, I'm, I'm able to um deal with all of the different things that i think are helpful and i i don't, I don't get to do that in a podcast or even my classes because it's just not enough time so mm-hmm. um Hopefully that will be super helpful. I mean, that's my heart is to help people reduce their anxiety and just live a more peace-filled life.
0: Yes. Thank you. Well, I'm like I said, I'm excited to get it. And I think we're gonna be like book release buddies because I think my book will be releasing in June now.
1: Oh, I want to hear all about it. We'll have to do this again.
0: Yes, yes. We need to talk more. But yeah. um I will make sure that everybody has the links that you mentioned in the notes and it was a pleasure i i feel like i I wish it was longer (laughs) but (laughs) this was so great and i know that um anyone who listens to this will definitely have some good benefits coming their way great
1: great and i um so i will definitely stay connected
0: yes thank you hi friends I'm so glad you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support this podcast and its message, any contribution would be greatly appreciated. To donate ninety nine cents four or nine a month to this podcast, simply click the anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you are on the anchor homepage of the You don't Have to be Perfect podcast, Click the middle button that says support. Select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact in the lives of my family. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.